0: Jared, thank you for joining us today. Oceanic Gold will produce over 460,000 ounces of gold this year from four different mines. And I want to examine each of these mines, beginning with Hale, which is the largest asset with annual production at over 170,000 ounces. Hale is an open pit mine located in South Carolina. Can you just provide an overview of production year to date along with cash costs and also the all in sustaining costs at Hale?
1: Sure, thanks James. Um, Look, Hale is our largest producer and uh, also the primary provider of our growth over the next few years. Um, At the halfway mark of the year, we we released our results uh, a week or so ago. Uh, It had produced bang on half of its full year guidance. Uh, It produced a little over 90,000 ounces and its guidance is 170 to 185,000 ounces. It did so at an all-in sustaining cost of around $1,400 an ounce. Um, And uh, we're guiding to a full year guidance of $1,500 1500 to $1,600 per ounce. So it's, you know, it's had a strong uh, start to the to the year. Um, we expect the third quarter to not be so strong at Hale because it's transitioning between pits, uh, but then to, we expect to finish with a strong final quarter for the year.
0: And you made mention of the fact that the all-in sustaining cost guidance for the year is between $1,500 to $1,600 per ounce. This is extremely high for an open pit mine. Maybe you can just elaborate on why it is so high.
1: Yeah, Hale has a very high waste to ore strip ratio um, from its three operating pits. Uh, but what's really exciting about Hale um, and exciting for the company and, and its shareholders is that Uh, We're shortly about to uh, unlock the ore feed from the underground development that's uh, been going for just on almost a year. And it's really exciting because it's waste to ore ratio is inverted. And so to put some numbers to that, you know, the open pit has a waste to ore ratio of anywhere between 10 to 12. Um, uh, That's 10 to 12 parts waste to one part ore. Uh, The underground, uh, we're going to have, you know, one part waste to eight parts ore, and the grade from underground is 2.5 times higher on average you know, on a reserve basis than the material from the open pit. So we're moving from this three open pits with a high waste oil to ore ratio to about 20% of the ore feed going to come from this underground uh, ore source so that is much higher uh, grade, lower waste, and that's the primary driver of a, a quite significant reduction in the all-in sustaining costs. Um, uh, at both hail uh, which also powers the oil and sustained cost reduction of the group as a whole. That underground ore source, uh, hail underground, uh, we have said we'll be uh, feeding the mill um, uh, in the fourth quarter of this year so we're, we're very close uh, and looking forward to, to showing over time as that or uh, feed ramps up to its uh, full run rate uh, getting that leverage benefit of that grade and and um, improved flexibility of of material movement in the pit because that's something else that also impacts the operating costs of hail presently um, it's, it was and uh, historic has been a very constrained site um, so there's a lot of uh, uh, material rehandle uh, with the expansion permit that we got. Uh, uh, recently that's allowed us uh, and to expand our footprint and that's going to give us uh, in time uh, much more flexibility and lower the amount of rehandle as well.
0: And when the underground component is up and running in full production, which aspect of the mine will be or contribute more to future production, the open pit aspect or the underground?
1: We still expect that the open pit ore feed will be the larger ore source. Uh, The underground will represent around 20% of the feed to the mill, but because of that, um, you know, that grade being, as I said before, two and a half times higher than the open pit grade, uh, you know, for a constant rate of uh, material processing through the mill, you're going to get a a significant increase in gold production and, and reduction in the oil and sustaining cost.
0: And Jared in terms of exploration maybe you can give us an overview of what you and your team are going to do at Hale.
1: Sure like r- right now we are uh, drilling horseshoe underground that's a uh, horseshoe underground measured and indicated is the only material that we have in the mine plan at the moment but there's some inferred material, so we're looking to kind of bring more of that uh, into the reserve so that's uh, target um, number one. Uh, we're also further drilling Palomino, which sits off uh, uh, near Hale Underground, but not um, not contiguous with it. Uh, we're doing further drilling work to e- expand its reserve size and hopefully bring that into the mine plan on completion of a pre-feasibility study that we're in the process of doing. Uh, and then we have further new target generation drilling. Uh, that's near the existing ore body and uh, we're spending about $7 million in total this year on those three programs of work, all of which is in service of bringing more higher grade, uh, lower waste material to the uh, mill, and that will obviously have, uh, continue that that benefit that we're seeing from hail underground material uh, that we already have in the mine plan. Less waste to all ratio, higher grade, uh, which powers the future of hail.
0: The second largest asset in terms of production at Oceana is Dipio, which is located in the Philippines. Can you provide us with a brief overview of this mine and how it's performed in the first half of the year?
1: Sure, James. Um, yeah, Dipio is a fabulous asset in our portfolio. It's a porphyry gold copper mine, generates strong free cash flow due to its low wall and sustaining cost. It had a strong first half. It's you know, trending uh, to be at, producing at the upper end of its guidance range this year. Uh, at a low always the same cost of around $600 an ounce um, so clearly uh, with gold prices being where they are uh, it's able to generate a lot of free cash flow for us uh, it's a stable producer for the company it's the nature of the ore body um, and together with the fact that the we have a large inventory of open pit stockpile materials uh, allows us to be fairly predictable and that copper credit that we get um, and it contributes to the low all-in sustaining costs as well.
0: And you and your team have also implemented an optimization study, how is that progressing?
1: It's progressing well and I'm really excited to be able to bring that to market in due course. Um, presently, you know, we're mining at a rate of around 1.6 million tonnes per annum, feeding a mill of uh, two, uh, 4 million tonnes uh, per annum uh, run rate that we use at the moment. Uh, with the the difference coming from open pit stockpile material. So if we're able to increase the feed from underground, that's much higher grade than the open pit stockpile material. All other things being equal, we can increase production of gold and and copper and and lower the unit cost. So our target is to have at least two million tonnes per annum coming uh, from underground. And again, to compare that with the 1.6 presently, that's quite an uplift. Uh, and that study uh, we expect to complete internally by the end of this year and, and hopefully release to the market uh, in sometime in 2024. And, and again, the leverage potential of more gold from underground uh, is, uh, is really exciting at the DIPIO.
0: You have also undertaken a very aggressive drilling campaign at the DIPIO to expand the resource. Can you provide details of this program? How many rigs, how many meters do you plan on drilling?
1: Yeah, look, we're planning to drill about 20,000 metres uh, this year and uh, we're well underway there. Um, uh, it's, it's, a, it's really exciting because this is an all-body, as I said before, a, a gold copper porphyry. It's open at depth in all directions and in recent years we haven't done as much exploration as your body deserves. Now we're back into it uh, with a, you know, a very um, accelerated program looking to, to define what exists there underground and and we put some results out in December which showed that you know there was mineralization at, at good grade uh, better than reserve grade uh, adjacent to where we are presently mining. So uh, anything that we can do to, to again bring more uh, uh, higher grade material from the underground ore body is really exciting. We're also doing uh, drilling or looking to do drilling near mine and and uh, again that's the best place to find another gold mine is where you've already got one so you know we're looking to get access to two areas near the mine as well um, and again it's, it's a it's a very prospective area and we're very excited about the future opportunities both at the mine and near mine and at the Dibio.
0: Oceanic Gold also has two producing mines in New Zealand McCrae's and Waihee. McCrae's is the largest of the two which is or well produced over 120,000 ounces this year there was production issues associated with uh, a down ball mill. Maybe you can just give us an update on what's happening with that ball mill and when it will be up and running again.
1: Sure. Look at at the in mid-February we had a uh, found a, a crack in uh, the trunnion of one of four mills that we had there. So it was only one of the four mills uh, and we had to take that down for repair, which we got in place uh, or completed at the end of March. So the first quarter um, you know, it was a uh, very much a an impacted quarter. In the second quarter, McRae's had a fabulous um, uh, month of, de- uh, sorry, quarter of delivery. It produced uh, 40,000 ounces at $1,287 per ounce. And that shows what that plant is uh, and mine is ca- uh, capable of doing when it's operating to its full potential. Uh, it is a large producer. It does mine at low grade. It's been going for 30 years. Um, but the team there, you know, run the, the open pit mine extremely well, it's, it's very technically challenging in some respects, but but they are showing their technical capabilities and how well they run both uh, the mine and also the plant. So um, we have uh, announced recently that we are taking the mill, uh, that same ball mill down for a further repair that will impact the Q3, uh, but but we'll finish with a strong Q4 and we have not altered guidance uh, for this year. So. So we're really pleased with how the McRae's team have done this year. And, and again, uh, no change to guidance, and, and it, uh, it is well primed for a, for a good year.
0: And the second mine in New Zealand is called Waihi. It was also impacted this year due to heavy rainfall, but that has since subsided. And is performance back on track?
1: In short, yes. I mean, that first quarter uh, rainfall was um, was extraordinarily large. They had uh, something like a metre and a half of rain in six weeks. And, and when you're operating from underground, eventually that rain goes somewhere. Uh, so we didn't have access to some of the high-grade material that we expected to have access to uh, in that uh, first quarter. The second quarter was much better. Um, <clears throat> we were able to get access to better-grade material and obviously that, that translates into better production. We expect an even stronger second half uh, relative to the first half. Um, and that should uh, have uh, benefits in both production, but also in all and sustaining costs. So we're maintaining our full year guidance for all and sustaining cost of you know, 1400 to $1500 an ounce from Waihe. Uh It's our smallest producer, as I think you said, it's about 10% of our production, uh, but we expect its uh, performance to grow in years to come as well in a production sense.
0: And I'm glad you brought that out because you do have a very aggressive drilling campaign underway with three rigs. Maybe you just give us an overview of, of what you're trying to accomplish.
1: Well, at, at Y, we have drilling around the existing ore body. That's the Martha Underground. And so that's all about extending the operation as it is today. But <laughs> 10 kilometers away, we have a high-grade deposit called Ferra um and it, it has an indicated resource of 660,000 ounces at 12.3 grams per tonne. It's got an inferred resource of an additional 640,000 ounces at 7.8 grams per tonne. So we're talking a um, very high grade uh, ore body, uh, potentially that, you know, subject to further drilling um, that we have three drill rigs on. We recently got that third drill rig on uh, in July, uh, so we have three drill rigs going now. Uh, ideally I'd love more uh, but we are somewhat limited in the a number and location of drill rigs we can put there. Uh, we're targeting to get 1.1 million ounces of indicated material uh, defined uh, and that will allow us to underpin uh, the pre-feasibility study work that's uh, underway at the moment and uh, we expect to release in 2024. But uh, a fabulous um, uh, prospect to have given it that it is such high grade and reasonably proximate, the Ferrakiraponga is about 10 kilometers away from the Wahi plant and, and we would be uh, expecting, if you know, if it's developed to, you know, basically convey it uh, all the way to that existing plant and that gives us tremendous leverage to existing infrastructure uh, but again what's really exciting about Ferrakiraponga is it's high grade.
0: Jared, you and your team have implemented many steps to increase production and also reduce the all-in sustaining cost. Can you just summarize how these steps will impact production and costs over the next three years?
1: Yeah, look, I think we are a little different and rare indeed in the gold industry. We have a three-year production growth profile that is um, unusually strong. We have uh, production growing by around 30% over the next three years. That and a uh, combined with a reducing all in sustaining costs. The primary driver of that is that increase in gold production and the lowering of unit costs that comes from the hail underground development. Again, constant uh, milling rate, but more gold uh, from underground at a much higher grade 2.5 times uh, the grade uh, coming to uh, a mill um, and this at a much lower waste to all ratio. So we expect that to be uh, both power the increase in production but also the reduction in all in sustaining cost. And of course once we build out of the hail underground, the associated capex that we're incurring this year to build it uh, will stop and, and we have a concurrent reduction in uh, growth capital expenditure. So that perfect combination of growing production, um, reducing all in sustained cost and less growth capital over the next three years. Uh, all other things being equal should drive a dramatic increase in free cash flow. Um, we also, it's not just a Hale story, we also expect over the next few years to uh, have more gold come out of Waihee, albeit, you know, it's a small producer so from, from a low base. Uh, and then of course, you know, subject to exploration success at the DPO and subject to exploration success at, at Hale further, you know, that that um, that stronger for longer potential exists in our portfolio.
0: So you've touched on many of the improvements that you and your team have made in the past year and what you're going to do in the future, but Oceania Gold is trading at a steep discount to its net asset value. I've seen some research reports with uh, as low as 0.6 times NAV. What will you and your team do to close this valuation gap in the coming months and years?
1: Look, there's... um... Nothing better than just continually delivering on the guidance that that we've put out in the market. Um, I think we are building an impressive record of doing so. Um, We are uh, satisfying uh, our commitments to the market and and, and that that sounds a bit boring in some respects, but that's uh, the key message that we get from our shareholders, deliver on your guidance. Uh, And so so we did last year, Uh, we intend to do so this year and in time, uh, particularly if we can deliver on the, the growth uh, pathway that, that we have communicated to the market, that combination of, of uh, both proven delivery capability, but also delivering the growth that you have in the portfolio and that growth that is unique uh, eventually and sometimes suddenly, um, you can get that, uh, that market recognition that should feed through into a, uh, a higher uh, price to value ratio. Um, you know, but but you know it's uh, it, it takes time, and um, you know everyone can be certain that what we're focused on is is achieving that delivery of guidance in a, in a safe and responsible way.
0: Jared, as we wrap up, what can investors expect in terms of news flow in the coming months from Oceana Gold?
1: Look, we're uh, putting the drill rig into a lot of places across our portfolio, and so you can expect that we'll continue to release exploration results that. Have tremendous leverage potential across uh, our business. Uh, we have an annual site visit to DDPO next week and I expect that we'll get some um, uh, good notes I hope uh, from, from uh, the people that are coming to our site and, and seeing DDPO and, 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 and getting a sense for the quality of the team we have there, the quality of the people we have running it uh, and the upside potential that exists both uh, from the ore body but also at the plant uh, in the fourth quarter of this year uh, we expect to deliver first all from the hail underground and for all the reasons that I've mentioned that powers the growth of both hail and uh, the group's production the lowering of the unit cost and then for the free cash flow generation um, and yeah as I said we'll continue to safely and responsibly deliver on our guidance because that's uh, the key market expectation so that's in terms of coming months longer term uh, we have the PFS for Palomino, um, the PFS for Farrakiraponga and the optimization study at the DPO, all of which provide, you know, longer term growth potential uh, for the group.
0: Well, that was a great overview and a great update on Oceanic Gold. And let me know when you have a site visit to your New Zealand properties. I would love to go there. Once again, thank you.
1: Thank you, James. Appreciate it.